The Cadillacs, they buy the house and the Yanks, they were with him. The Tinkers, boys, they hissed twice at Dylan Willowkin. And they turned and shook, and they had a look at the room where the dead man lay. R.I.P. to a real one. I think I can say that with full earnestness. R.I.P. to maybe the realest one we've ever seen. Uh, so, obviously, Birdie dropped out today. We're back where we started. Uh, Eternal Recurrence is a real bitch. Fucking annoying, but Nietzsche nailed that so well. Asshole. Fucking syphilitic, misogynist weirdo, but he totally nailed it. There's no question that we live in an eternal recurrence. That is our fate, that is our doom. Uh, a lot of people are asking where do we go from here? That is a answer I do not know the question. Or that's a question I do not know the answer to. Uh, all I can say about that is that. The one good thing for people, especially considering the real, you know, stressful crisis moment we're in for everyone, is that now you don't have to worry. There's one less thing to worry about. Um, you don't have to worry about the presidential election anymore. Like, you can tone it out. You don't have to pay attention. There's no requirement for you to care about any of this stuff now. And that, honestly, after, what, now, four years or so of, like, like, investing yourself in this shit. Isn't that kind of a treat? That in the midst of this shit, you can just sort of, like, read a book, chill out, like, try to pretend an expert on coronavirus or some shit, and you don't have to care about the presidency. You don't have to care about this election. It means nothing. Uh, it is the pay no... You can be put, finally and definitively, on the pay-no-mind list. We don't have to pay it any mind, and that's really nice. I, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to what we're going to do on the show, now that we don't have to talk about this topic, which honestly, at this point, I'm getting pretty sick of. I mean, what else is to be said about the fucking, you know, this, this mummy, this undead mummy murdering people, sacrificing, like, as a proof to their, their faith in the Democratic Party? I mean, what the hell else do you need to say about what's happening that is more damning than what they're actually doing? So... Pay no mind. Uh, so, yeah. Beyond that, I don't know. Like, people talk about general strikes. It's like, with who? You know, what army? Like, we don't have the people. The whole point of the Bernie campaign was to get some numbers. To get some numbers behind this whole thing. To get some, like, some support. Some critical mass. And now that's pretty much off the table. So now what to do next becomes a question. But, uh... I think people who are like, all right, now we can do direct democracy, now we can do all this shit. It's like, well, we didn't have enough people before this. We don't have enough people now. So maybe we need to stop and think about that. I don't know the answers. Um, I still have no idea. Um, fuck, I forgot something. I'll be right back.
Uh, so I don't know what's happening. Put the thing on. I listen. I listen. People say put the thing on. I put the thing on. Um, like what kills me and what makes me sad about this is that for myself personally, the reason I thought it was worthwhile to invest fully in the Bernie campaign is because I recognize the chief problem of the left in this country was saying, uh, was numbers, was people, was people who were invested and willing to do, willing to be activists in whatever way, way that meant, and uh, to, you know, do the work, whatever that meant. Nobody knew because it had never been an issue. We never had it, you know, we never had the numbers. I haven't had them for decades. Bernie was about getting the numbers and getting a movement fell off. That would have been epic fail. Uh, it was to get people on board. And because there's going to be a crisis in capitalism, you know? It's like, I didn't really know what Bernie was going to be able to accomplish as president. I honestly didn't think that much. I wasn't really that... I mean, I, he had a lot of levers he could push, but like he wasn't going to change... He wasn't going to make revolution or anything like that. Uh, what he was going to do was... Uh, Uh, what he was going to do was... Create a movement. Create, uh, uh... Create, get an army. Get people ready to go. At a time, at, 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 as capitalism came closer to crisis. I mean, what's killing me right now with this whole fucking coronavirus thing is just imagine if Bernie had been president right now while this shit was going on. As compares to what's happening now, which is we're getting the 2008 bailout on steroids. We're getting um, we're getting another massive corporate handout. We're, we're, we're getting a situation where when this ends, if we still have an intact government and institutions, then they're just going to be... We literally will have used the federal treasury to keep whole the people who will just buy out everything that everybody lost during the course of this thing. Um, and that wouldn't... I mean, I don't know what Bernie presidency would have meant, but this happening under a Bernie president would not have meant that. I can say that for sure. And if it hadn't been a virus, if it had been... One of the endogenous crises that are endemic to capitalism finally coming forward again, which was on the verge of happening. I mean, the fucking bond markets and shit were going wild even before coronavirus. And there, who knows if there might have been another thing. And, um... Um... And there, you know, people would have, there would have been like a coherent response to this. There would have been a coherent notion of like a capitalist, uh, of like an alternative to, the, to a capitalist restructuring that we're going to get instead. Uh, and that would have been true with a Bernie presidency or post-Bernie moment when the crisis came. And now the crisis is here and it's just too fucking early. It's just too fucking early.
and that's too bad. So the, the task is still the same that it was without before Bernie, but now without Bernie, the question becomes what replaces Bernie as the mechanism for recruitment and mobilization? And I don't know. It's way too early to say. We'll talk about it. People have ideas. Hey, Zling. How you doing, Pimp? I don't know. I don't. I mean, it's too early. I think anybody, love you, buddy. Anybody who's uh, claiming to know is fucking selling something. Um, uh, but yeah, like one way or another, the key, the fact is, is that uh, is that we're not prepared for this moment. And Bernie represented the best chance to get people prepared for a moment like this, and it didn't happen. And that's the real tragedy here. Uh, I'm not... <coughs> As for what Bernie could have done differently, <coughs> I think anybody arguing for any kind of specific, like, oh, he should have done X, Y, and Z, is really just arguing from their own, like, personal uh, craw thing where they're like, oh... This is what I always wanted him to do. And coincidentally, that's what he should have done. You know, it's like, come on. Um, uh, why would you need to engage with Biden supporters? You, the, the Republican, the, 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 the presidential election is no longer a zone of contention. It's no longer a contest. It's no longer a place to put energy. Why care? Who gives a shit? Um... Because Bernie's going to endorse Biden. And you sure shit don't want to be in a situation where you feel like you need to honor that when it happens. You need to have already put this in your rearview mirror. You have already need to have put up the pay no mind sign. So that when Bernie does endorse Biden and they start banging on you to vote for him, you can just say, not my problem. Look what they did to make this happen. Look at the norms they violated. Look at the lives they literally lost and killed. Look at the people they literally killed to do this. It's, it's, it's an illegitimate process from start to finish. Not one that you're obligated to fucking acknowledge the results of in any way. So, pay no mind. Just forget about it. You don't have to care about the presidential election anymore. Fill that hole with, like, Scrimshaw or uh, uh, collecting jazz records or uh, just doing more drugs, whatever. You don't have to care about the presidency anymore. Uh So that's fun. Uh, and yeah, like Bernie, there's definitely versions of the Bernie campaign that would have been more fun to watch and participate in, but uh, I don't know if they would have been any more effective because, because A, of the degree to which Democratic uh, voters are committed to the Democratic Party, B, the degree to which non-voters are committed to not voting, and C, the degree to which... Um, Democratic Party uh, voters are uh, hi, are um, in the thrall of uh, mainstream media and the party itself, which they are. So that means like people say Bernie should have been harder on Biden and should have gone harder on Biden. Well, yeah, but that also would have been treated like all of his mild attacks on Biden were as him trying to undermine the Democrats on behalf of Trump. Because for Democratic voters, things are all zero-sum. Things either benefit Republicans or Democrats. And an attack on a Democrat 
is something is for Republicans. That's just the way they think. Uh, so there's no guarantee that that would have worked. Uh, and, and especially when the media was willing to take, uh, to, to give everything the benefit of Joe Biden's spin on it as like the assumed thing to do, or as like the, the actual reality. Like they just were like, whatever the Biden campaign spin on this is, is the one that we're giving prima facie uh, uh, credence to. And Bertie has the benefit, has to do the, uh, he has to uh, match some burden of proof to get his uh, point of view across. I mean, that's a fundamental difference in the way that they were uh, treated by the media that was going to make it impossible for him to get enough of the uh, Democratic electorate who watch TV and believe that shit to follow along, unless they stayed uh, uh, separated, which they did, until Obama made two phone calls and brought them all together. Which isn't together. Unre unprecedented intervention in the process that was done on the specific purpose to defeat one candidate. Then you have what they did during this fucking primary and these 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 primaries that they uh, from Iowa on, even before the coronavirus thing, they've been illegitimate. But the, the, the party still accepted them as vi as legitimate. All of these like five polling places in Milwaukee during during a fucking pandemic. Those delegates are going to get certified. What difference? I mean, there was no way they were going to let it happen. Period. End of sentence. Nobody else wants to do an emergency chapo today. They want to think some more. They want to get their thoughts fresh. Uh, they want to get their thoughts, like, in order. But no, I just want to shoot off the hip. Because, what the fuck? YOLO, right? I just want to go off the hip. As for, like, well, who to support in the in this thing? Like, Howie Hawkins? That fucking PSO? I'm sorry, but third-party politics are a vanity bullshit. Third-party politics for the, at the presidential level is, is, a, is for cranks. It's for cranks. I've said this before, but it's still fucking true. It's for cranks. Third-party presidential races are for cranks. Bernie might not have been a crank because of his position. If he decided to run third-party, he could have been viable. But, like, these guys no one knows. Jill Stein, Gloria LaRiva. It's crank bullshit. The point was you could have had Bernie on the top of a ticket in the two-party system. That would have been unprecedented and huge. As a third party, some dickhead nobody knows, it's just, it's just a fucking pastime for people who ride recumbent bikes. So who gives a shit? Vote for whoever you want. I'm not voting for Biden. I don't, frankly, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever respect anyone who does vote for Biden, honestly. Uh, so vote, for, just as a personal thing of like, you know, how I wouldn't respect somebody who, uh, you know, likes pineapples on pizza or something. Just like a thing that's personally repulsive to me. Uh, 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 so yeah, voting for him is, is a sign of a weak character, I guess. That's what I would say. Uh, so do what you want. Uh, I'll probably write in Bernie. If you want to write in me, that'd be funny. If you could get like, uh, if you could get me like a, a percentage, or not, like not a percent, that's not realistic, but if you get me like a half a percent, or no, like a fraction of a percent, that'd be pretty funny. I don't know. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Not our problem. Not my problem. Who care? As the great Dave, King Dave said, Big Dave himself says, who care? Doesn't matter. That's a, mem that's a YP, not an MP. Ah. So that's one thing you don't have to worry about. So the, the task of the Bernie campaign, though, still has to be done, which is organizing people. 
The thing that's going to help that in this moment is that politics is about to stop being a spectator sport for the bourgeois and start be a thing that regular people have to contend with every day in their lives. But man, it really kill, kills me to think like, all right, so you're in the situation now where you have these, uh, where you have these wildcat labor actions to try to resist. Uh, uh, um, you know, literally having their lives put on the line by their, their employers, like like at, uh, the Amazon warehouses and Instacart, where it's like, you guys aren't giving us protection and we don't, we're not making enough money to risk our fucking lives. Imagine how, I mean, right now, like, people are excited for it, but, like, what has happened, you know? Uh, uh, Amazon fired one of the guys who was organizing their walkout in Staten Island uh, and said that it was because he violated the social distancing rules, which is just hilarious. Uh... And, like, it seems like a lot of them are not happening because people are fucking scared. Well, they should be, because they know that they're fucked. If it, they know they were fucked if, if, it, if it doesn't work. And it probably won't work. Imagine if people were in this situation. If people were at these vital bottlenecks for, like, the resources that we need to keep this fucking society from collapsing overnight into fucking road warrior. Uh, had Bernie fucking Sanders as president. Imagine what that would do to their, their, lab, their leverage against their bosses. It's... I mean, that's if we didn't see mass nationalizations, which honestly I don't think are even out of the uh, off the table in a situation like this. And more importantly than that, you would have had millions and millions of people who had voted for this, who endorsed it, who had some sort of investment in its success as a project. So that's what's really pain that's what pains me is to think of what we could have had. And now, yeah, we got people trying to exert leverage in a situation where if they get fired, they're going to be cast into a reserve army of labor that now what numbers thirty percent of the population or soon will tough. It's very difficult. Which is why I see people saying, okay, Bernie's gone. Time for the general strike. Okay, Bernie's gone. It's like time, time, time for the re revolution. It's like if there weren't the numbers in America, in, 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 the, in the, fat, the fat, happy heart of the world empire, if you didn't have enough people willing to just go and vote for social democrat Bernie Sanders in this country, you really think you have the numbers to fucking take up arms in a mass struggle or like simultaneously uh, take their labor out of the fucking uh, 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 out, of the, out of the economy you really think that, that, that the numbers exist to make that happen come on man come on man come on come on that's why the chief thing is the question, like, Bernie, went lo Bernie losing or whatever does not change the, the central challenge, which is getting people. Getting people on your side and beyond that, getting people willing to act. That's it. That's it? That's the only, that's the only thing. All other questions, strategies, tactics, they need to be subordinated to the question of that. What does that? What annoys me right now is I don't fucking know. I know there's a lot of people with theories. I have not been convinced by any of them. Doesn't mean any of them are wrong. Doesn't just means that I don't really feel confident. I just know that that's got to be the goal, and I definitely know that presidential politics at this point are not going to get it done uh, without Bernie there trying to get people to write in, uh, or no, get people to vote for Gloria Oliva or get the fucking Green Party to three percent or something. That is just a waste of time because you're not you're not expanding anything there. You are pitching to the same gallery of disaffected cranks who always are looking for a third party to vote for. As opposed to the mass, 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 mass of people who don't vote. Only hope is there. The only hope is with the proles. As Winston Smith said.
companies. People say a third part, a new party to supplant the Democrats, which of course is that's more promising than the idea of them competing with the Democrats. It would have to be a complete overnight collapse like the Whigs. The Whigs are the model here. Problem is, is the Whigs had specific historical context that made that happen, and that is the main one is that the split that happened uh, that destroyed the Whigs was. Uh, was regional, which meant that when the Whigs broke up over slavery, basically the entirety of the northern Whig electorate, everyone who voted Whig in the north, was already were all already pre-organized to 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 uh, join the party that would embody Whig principles and be anti-slavery, and that was the Republicans. In fact, it was the emergence of the Republicans and their success early in Fremont that made the Whig collapse happen because people saw an alternative. But the thing was, it was, it was self-organizing and instantly coherent along state lines. If you lived in a northern state and were a Whig, you were probably anti-slavery because the Democrats basically were the party of, uh, of uh, the doe-faced party of uh, collaboration with the southern slave power for the most part uh, before the Civil War. The, the northern, uh, if you were against slavery in the north, the Democratic Party was not really for you. Uh, that's why there were like things like the Liberty Party and the, uh, and the Free Soil Party, and, the, and then eventually the Republicans, was because of that non-existent Democratic uh, home for people who were in favor of slavery. Which meant that basically every Whig in the north was ready to vote for the party that would basically be Whigs minus slavery, which was the Republicans. If this were to happen now, the split is ideological, uh, and it's 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 not as clean, and it's not state-based. It's not like they instantly were able to take over not only half of the Whig party, but the but the the half that was in states where they could run the table, which they did. That's not the same thing here. So, whether it's party politics or not, I don't know. Once another another thing that I uh, uh, that I don't. Uh... And the other, yeah, the other big difference is, is that if this if this split hap this split that happened in the Whig Party, you're not really there's not really a conflict at the top there because you're 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 all capitalists. The question is whether you're capitalists who think that we should accommodate slavery as a component of the supply chain. That's it. Uh, this is would would be a, a, a capitalist party, uh, and like its anti-capitalist wing breaking off, and that would make it the enemy of the entire establishment, which did not exist with uh, slavery, of course. So all I can say is that right now I am a shruggy emoji guy on all questions of tactics, policy, what to do next. Not the least of all because we're in the middle of an unprecedented pandemic and economic collapse. Two things that have never happened. It certainly never happened during an election year. I mean, this is, people say, well, you've been living in interesting times. My God, this 20th century, 21st century has been absurd. And specifically, uh, uh, the last year, Jesus, like just Trump got in. It really has been. Someone put a cinder block on the fucking gas tank, gas pedal. 
And now we're in totally uncharted territory, so that's another reason why I hesitate to say X, Y, or Z is the next path forward, because we don't even know what the state of play is going to be in, what, even six months from now? Six months, four months, two months, who knows? Is there even going to be an election in 2020? That's a fucking open question to me. That no one has really answered to my specifications. History is turning. Wheel of history is turning. Something's going to do something. Something's got to give. That's no. There's no question about that. But what what that thing will be is the thing I don't know. Don't don't ask me. I'm just a girl, as Malibu Stacy said. Honestly, the most realistic left formation to emerge from the, like, from the American context we have, like imagining the different types of revolutions we have, left-wing revolutions we could have in this country. Let's rank them by likelihood of actually happening. Uh, I would say least likely, uh, the, the, the uh, suck-dem fantasy of a, like electoral reform. Because we know, obviously, before you get anywhere close to the, the real engine house of power, the state comes in, uh, the apparatus, first and foremost, the, the capitalist class. I mean, uh, for the intelligence community, the, like the mafia version that can break the rules, because even if you're winning by, even if you're winning with, within the rules, they can always decide that the rules don't exist with the help of institutions like the intelligence community. So that makes that very unlikely. Uh, it to just happen straight through. Honestly, less, not maybe a little more likely, but still wildly unlikely, is the idea of any kind of Maoist like peasant war, or 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 ML like style uh, Bolshevik coup. Just wildly improbable to me, given the conditions in this country. I mean, we might be neo peasants, right? Like I've said that the American like lumpen person in this country is basically. Uh, is basically a medieval peasant within in terms of their relationship to uh, to each other and media and things like that. Like they are not they are not the the uh, industrial subjects that Marx imagined having a revolution. Uh, but they don't live like peasants. They don't live in, on the land. They live disconnected completely from the land. That's why I said instead of potatoes in a sack, they're Pringles in a tube. They've been processed. They've been chopped up. They've been fried. They've been put inside a, a carton. They're totally disconnected from their uh, natural context, so therefore they can't fend for themselves. That makes them vulnerable. It makes them incapable of the type of action we're talking about that a peasant, like, army could, like those landless Hakka tribesmen of southern um, uh, China who, 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 who made up the bulk of, uh, of anti-imperial insurgencies all through China's history. We don't have those people. They don't know how, where you're going to go. You're going to go out. You're going to you're going to go camp out in like what the green belt behind your fucking uh, subdivision. You know, you're going to take it. You're going to do a defense in depth of the fucking of the of the uh, of the House of Yes in Bushwick. So that's also unlikely. Honestly, still very unlikely, but more likely than either of those 
is some sort of middle-level free officer coup within the military, like uh, like Egypt had with Nasser, or like the Carnation Revolution in Portugal. That's more likely than any of them. Is is those 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 icky troops, like some some mid-level radicalized officers, sort of like chopping off the head of the snake and uh, and instituting some sort of like barracks socialism. In, in, during, of course, during a moment of deep crisis. Oh, it wouldn't be a soft coup. I think a soft coup would be like just the suspension of like the forms of democratic government, which they modestly might do to Trump. I'm not le leaving that out. They might, like it's claimed that they might have already done Bolsonaro. If they haven't done it to Trump yet, they might. And if they do, he would be really relieved, honestly. You don't think Trump would be relieved at this moment? You don't think he's terrified of being president right now? You don't think that he would uh, love the chance to not have this responsibility? And have the military, his beautiful soldiers? My beautiful soldiers, look at them, look at the handsome generals. They want to take over. They're saying they can take a nap. They're saying they can go to bed. Yes, Frederick Jameson has talked about how like the only model we have for any kind of social uh, organism that, like I talked about, institutes a notion of a social self instead of a radically individualized neoliberal self is the military. It's the only institution. Now, it's, it, it, it adds to that like fascistic shit and like a cult of violence and death of worship and imperialism and all that stuff, but it also has the idea of like an esprit de corps and like of a collective uh, project, which no, which we do not have and which is one of the chief obstacles to trying to organize among people. Because they don't think that way. I know I don't. I know I struggle to like build that notion in my head because it's just not something I'm built into. So, uh, yeah, man. The free officers. Are there free officers? Do we have any free officers in the house? Are there any free officers who might want to uh, consider, like, doing like a Smedley Butler type deal you know not the business plot but when he exposed the business plot if he'd, if he'd done like a counter business plot sadly I don't really think so honestly I think all the like anti-war like all the socialist troops are like podcasters you know like I think that's the high like the highest ranking anti like genuinely like socialist troop uh, in in the army is probably yeah like a fucking uh, lance corporal with like a podcast or something, but who knows? Who the fuck knows? Uh, I think they might be switching their love uh, to Newsom from uh, Cuomo, be just because the fiction of Cuomo being a, doing such a great job is just becoming harder and harder to maintain in the face of uh, the continued disastrous New York response and horrifying death rates. Uh, that's why it's like, because it's like, they didn't pick Cuomo because like they necessarily wanted him. They fucking put Cuomo there as a, as a backstop, as a last resort, as an in case of, in case of trouble break glass situation, because he had a buy-in with the media, because people saw him as this decisive figure, thanks to his press conferences. 
it was like they were looking for any port to storm, and he was looking good. Now, though, a couple weeks later, and the failure of New York to see the bend, the curve bend at all, uh, he's not looking so good. And meanwhile, the curve does seem to be bending in, in California, and so Newsom's looking good. And so now it's going to be him. He's going to be the backup. But that just shows you, it's like they have an overriding desire to have a backup to Biden because they know he can't, he can't hack it. Um, but like who it is specifically is contingent on public response and on facts on the ground. There's only so much that can be massaged. Like you can take a, 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 like a, a genuine phenomenon like Cuomo's press conferences that got people like feeling good got people feeling like a little reassured after watching the president just get sweaty and start freaking out uh, and like like speaking in tongues that was a real thing and so they, they tried to hack, grab onto it they tried to say oh good 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 we got this but then he just he kept fucking up and, and he cut fucking insisted on fun, cu- cutting Medicaid while the bodies keep piling up while it's still the highest in the country meanwhile you got another democrat across the country who is seems to have whatever maybe probably through luck more than anything has uh, actually done thing. Although apparently, like, it's also, like San Francisco took things very seriously, unlike New York, uh, and that wasn't just Cuomo. That was DeBunglero. Uh Let's not forget our own DeBungler uh, debungled the fuck out of this thing. He was telling people like two weeks after we knew for a fact that asymptomatic carriers could transmit it, that if you were feeling weren't feeling sick, you couldn't uh, transmit it, and so you should go out. Epic. Just uh, one of our greatest bunglers. One of our greatest bunglers. Honestly, more of a bungler uh, than... Um, more of a bungler than a bungler, actually. Because at least the bungler got to be president for two terms. Fucking... The bungler got two terms as mayor and then to bungle the fuck out of a presidential race. Ugh... The bungler. Uh, do I see a place for propaganda of the deed in a post-burning left? I'm not sure, officer. I'm not sure if I want to commit right now to endorsing criminal acts in a public space on a recording that literally NSA could be watching right now. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, no, this is, uh, this is, uh, oh, uh, this, uh, 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 I have a medical uh, exemption. Uh, I have to do this. Uh, I've been prescribed this to have uh, for having. Uh, I have podcasters' hip, and this helps me. So please, officer, I'm just I'm just going about my day, sir. Please, please, sir. Yeah. <coughs> Let's talk more about doing crimes. On a, come on, man. I don't know about propaganda of the deed, but I can tell you about propaganda of the weed. Huh? What about sudden strikes seizing means? First of all, I love that as a tongue twister. Sudden strikes seizing means. But how does that not beg the question of where do you get the people to do the sudden strikes? Like, once again, people are talking about tactical questions. And you're all assuming a can opener. The can opener you're assuming is an organized critical mass of radicals who are going to all do the same thing at the same time. That is the can opener that all questions of tactics assume. And so I'm saying you can't assume the can opener. 
And you have to start asking that question. Before you ask any others, you ask, how do we get people? Anybody, any, anybody asking any other questions has skipped a step. And they're assuming a can opener. What about sudden strike seizing means? Sudden strike seizing means. Sudden strike seizing means. Sudden strike seizing means. The quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. The arsonist has oddly shaped feet. Spanish red. I'm enjoying the Spanish reds lately. Oh, fine Spanish. They're bold is the thing and they've got a nice mineral taste to them. I don't know where this one's from. Looks like it's a Ganasha Tintarena mixture. It's good. Give you a reason to be happy at all, sir? That is beyond my pay grade. Happiness comes from within. I cannot make one happy. Shine a light on me. Let the midnight special. I did not watch the little peep documentary now. Uh, how big of a tool is David Axelrod? His name is literally two tools. An axle and a rod. Those are both tools. His name is Two Tools. How in the world did you know? Happiness is right action. Happiness is knowing that you're on the path of the beam. That's it. Happiness is feeling a concord between your deeds and uh, your spirit. I mean, maybe, yeah. Maybe do some boofing. Maybe boof. Maybe boof it up. Shine a light on me. Let the midnight special. Don't know where Virgil is. Don't care. He submitted something for us to show, put on the show, and we didn't do it because it's like he's not talking to us. So why would we do it? So sorry. I'm not gonna bother with him. How are you guys all of a sudden finding the fucking Orson Welles commercial? That thing's a classic. That thing's, they, that thing's been a re remember that thing got referenced from the critic in 1994. How are you people all finding this shit out every two weeks? I guess it's a new group of young people finding something. I hate being reminded that there's a new group of young people. There's always a new group of young people every day. I hate it. Oh, Zoomer psychopaths. The Republican Party becoming the left party. No, that's idiotic. Now, the left party, the Republicans will not be the left party. 
Because then they wouldn't be the Republicans. It's like a ship of Theseus thing. Like the, the, the right, the right exists to the, the the Republican Party exists to actually exercise power on behalf of capital, as opposed to the Democratic Party, which exists to provide a formal uh, sort of ritual. Uh, um, the Democratic Party is there to perform like a ritual consecration of that action, like uh, to literally like manufacture consent for what capital wants to do. That's why the Democrats exist. So the Republican Party literally is job is to function as capitalism's civil manifestation. How could it be the left party? Regardless of what like people are trying to gamify with like Tucker Carlson or shit or like are intellectually talking about or trying to brand us whatever, what's gonna change that function reality? Maybe if you're in a situation where capitalism is so dire that like there has to be some sort of crisis uh uh um a crisis uh, accommodation made with the people, right? And like, it'll be like, all right, and it'll be like Bismarck. It'll be like how Bismarck uh, instituted social welfare uh, in in late 1800s Germany to forestall the socialists. And say say they do that. Like, even though this is an expression of the state, it's like we're willing to w- live with this to forestall uh, losing control of the power. Uh, uh, if that's the case, uh, it's going to happen regardless. Because it's going to be in capitalist interest to do it. It's not going to be based on gamified shit and memes and, and like people watching Tucker Carlson or like Josh Hawley doing like a town hall meeting. It's going to happen because uh, capitalism is in a dire enough crisis point that it may... It, if you, the thing is, is, the reason I think it's meaningless is that if we get to the point of that deep of a crisis, I don't think capitalism is going to be interested enough in maintaining the 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 need for... The need for a, a mask of consent to matter. It'll just rule directly. The whole mask will drop. And then that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about like a direct military dictatorship or some sort of like civil, uh, some sort of like corporate, like basically like Amazon. Like the question is like, will the U.S. military uh, like nationalize Amazon or does Amazon buy the U.S. military? Whichever way the mechanism goes, the same result, the result is the same. Profit extraction at the barrel of a gun by a corporate military dictatorship, and that's going to be the tra- that's going to be the ab- uh, the abolition of politics, and that means that all these like left right distinctions mean nothing. So that's why I don't think that's a thing. Singapore is a good example. Yes, Singapore is a very good example. That's per- thank you. Singapore's perfect example. Love, love the, love the, love the viewers. Real politics is going to start. And that's the thing to be excited about. It's the thing to be scared of too, because nobody knows what to do, and we aren't as far along, frankly, as I thought we needed to be. That's just a fact. I thought the whole point of the Bernie thing was to get us on track to be in the best possible position for the crisis. That was what I really thought. Being in the best, with the best hand, when the best organization, the best mobilization, to be, the best control of institutions, when the moment came. And now the moment is here too early. But I don't think it's necessarily fatally too early. It's just, it's, it's, it's just the, it's just a simple fact that it's not as far along as I would have liked or thought necessary. That's it. But I don't know. I was just guessing. 
We're all just fucking guessing, man. None of us know. Nobody knows shit. Nobody knows shit. Nobody knows a fucking shit about shit. It's nuts. It's nuts. My skepticism about uh, mutual aid is that it has to scale up. And I don't know how it does. Scaling up is the key because it's like people say, well, we could use mutual aid to get a critical mass of people, but you're still talking about uncoordinated activity by people spontaneously and hoping it accumulates to something. And historically, that hasn't worked in this country. I don't know where it has, honestly, but it sure as shit hasn't worked here. You guys know that Mondragon was established under Franco, right? It's hard to imagine that it could be a real threat to capitalism or an alternative to it if it was allowed to exist under Franco. But no, my good news for the day is, guys, you don't have to worry about presidential politics anymore. That's my takeaway. If you got to have a takeaway today, feeling bad, feeling owned, I hate feel. And honestly, more than anything, don't you feel owned? Don't you feel like all those globe emoji dipshits and, and fucking frauds and, 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 and hacks and idiots and concern trolls? Don't you hate that they're fucking, like, gloating right now and that they're posting memes at you? They're posting the Ghana dancing funeral guy memes at you. They're doing it. You know, they're doing it right now. We're all taking a break from having the goddamn Ghana meme guy given to us by fucking globe emojis and never Bernie housewives. It's happening, and that sucks. But at least you don't have to care from now on. And you can watch the amazing, amazing, transcendently great, I really hope we get them. I, the main thing, the reason I want there to be an election in November is because I want there to be debates. I need debates, and I want a bunch of debates. And I don't want just want three debates, and I want, I want them all to be different. I want like five or six debates, and they all have to have different like obstacles, like in the five obstructions. Like there'd be a debate where, um, uh, where they get all their medication taken from them, and they can't take their medication for the 24 hours before. Then they do one where they get double their regular medication. Uh, they do one, uh, fuck it, they do one like standing in a pool of water. Uh, and of course we would need a sons debate instead of the VP debate, obviously. And that would be so much fun. And you know what? I, I mean, I watched those debates with Bernie with my heart, my chest, screaming, thundering. I'm going to take Chinese research chemicals and like fucking, I'm going to take acid and fucking MDMA and then fucking, uh, I'm going to like invent a new way to get high off of fucking air conditioning, Freon. And I'm going to watch those debates and just make my brain turn, like, get, peel it like a potato, and just let the raw fucking nerves just allow Biden versus Trump to overlay onto my sizzling fucking cortex. Oh, one where they swap medications. That's great. See, you guys are coming up with great ideas, too. Love, we're, we're collaborating right now, guys, and I love it.
Oh, I love you guys. Ah. Oh yeah, we will definitely be streaming those debates. Those, I I honestly will break quarantine if it's we're still in quarantine and we're not dead. Uh, I will break quarantine to go with my homies and watch those debates while my brain is just being annihilated by high high level hallucinogens in large doses. Yeah, I'll take the hydrochlorine shit. I know, I want Hunter versus Eric and Don Jr. They should be able to tag team, and they'll still both get annihilated. I want it, because that's the perfect way to just show how superior he is to them. Is that he, he's better, that he could beat both of them with one hand tied behind his back, and the other hand smoking crack. What would I say if Matt Iglesias was here? Uh, oh boy. Redacted, redacted, parody, parody, redacted, parody. Uh, the one thing I like about Matt Iglesias, and this is an honest fact, is that I obviously have a, a deep, strong, powerful hatred in my heart for very many people in D.C., specifically the media class scumbags. Most specifically, the media class scumbags I grew up watching and like observing from the sidelines during the blog era. Um... Like, Klein, Iglesias, these guys. There's these little craven little worms who just went from uh, supporting the Iraq War to um, to just becoming these just hollow men. These hollow, stuffed men. Uh, and so I abused them all a lot on the internet. Uh, but the thing, like Josh Barrow, guys like that. But the thing is, I don't know to what degree they care. Like, like, Josh Barrow blocks me, and so I, so I know he's seen me, but like, I don't know what his attitude is. Like, Eli Lake, of course, obviously, people make fun of him because of his way he's like, oh, the trolls, lol, oh, you guys, I love your passion. Oh, I love your passion. Uh, and you can kind of like be like, oh, I bet you really are annoyed by this, but honestly, I don't know if he is. I don't know if Eli Lake actually cares. He might, he might honestly think it's all funny, because he's one of these guys who just doesn't give a shit about anything. But Iglesias really, really values his own uh, sense of his intelligence and uh, his liberal credentials uh, and he uh, like he really does believe in this shit about himself and that's why I know uh, that that he has seen everything I've ever said about him and that he hates me uh, and that makes me feel good I'm glad he hates me I'm glad I elicit that feeling from him and I know he can say it's not true but I'll never believe him I mean maybe that's different it doesn't matter then but honestly I just I, I'm, I'm a little bit and so I have a kind of a, I have sort of a fondness for him, just by virtue of the fact that I know I've got to him. From hell's heart I stab at thee. For hate's sake I spit my last breath at thee. Uh, some guy, there's this guy uh, on Twitter who just started a new account. I think it's called Iglesias Takes. Uh, and this guy is going around and he's finding old. Uh, tweets that people have done about Iglesias, like jokes at his expense and stuff like that. Uh, and so he's been like retweeting a bunch of my old uh, tweets about him that I'd totally forgotten about. Um, and I just wanted to read some because because uh, they're pretty good. I'm not going to lie. 
Uh, I think, uh... Let me check here. Man, I do have, not a lot of these are that good. I'm still looking for the good ones. <coughs> uh, I guess this is... Uh, this was one I did in like 2015 that I thought was just very... It wasn't really a joke, it's just an observation that is 100% true. Matt Iglesias is haunted by the knowledge that there are 100,000 wonkish Ivy grads with his exact voice and skill set. And that, I think, is the reason that he has got a chip on his shoulder and, ho and so hostile, is because he is aware of the fact that he is a fucking, uh, that he's a fucking mediocrity, and that he's 100% a case of uh, nepotism. His dad uh, went to Harvard, and then he went to Harvard. It's that simple. Like, that's, that explains 99% of his ascent, and he knows it, and it haunts him that he's interchangeable, that he's literally another, just another egg bitch in Washington. Christmas, Matt Iglesias got his maid a coupon book good for hundreds of dollars of savings at her favorite local restaurants. I forgot about that one. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, somewhere in suburban Virginia, Matt Iglesias is browbeating an Applebee's waitress into accepting an expired Chili's Groupon. I like that one. One time I went absolutely ham on him and, uh, and Borrow because they were joking about how Brown was a lesser Ivy because they both went to Harvard, but both of them were legacies. In fact, uh, uh, Barrow's dad was like in the Harvard uh, uh, economics department when he was going there. Like, like one million percent nepotism cases. And these guys are chortling about how brown is a lesser ivy, and I just lost it on that. It's like, you are such sniveling scumbags, you little fucking manor-born Habsburg-jawed fucking twats. If you were like 19th century Spaniards, you'd be hunting peasants for sport, and that would be more fucking honest than whatever this concern trolley, like, civil society shit is, given how much you deeply can have contempt for people who you have absolutely no superiority to, because if the fucking, if, if actual work was, and value, like, was derived, like, your, if your monetary, uh, if your job related to your competence, you'd be fucking folding shirts at the gap if you were fucking lucky. Like, you are an interchangeable cog. And, uh, and, uh, Barrow blocked me for that and has not unblocked me since. Iglesias blocked me for a little bit, but then I think people made fun of him for it and, like, said, hey, what the hell? Don't you like, you know, ideas? And then, like, as a show of generosity, he unblocked me, which I love because it means he's seen it. He's seen it, everything I've ever said about it. Uh, one of them I really liked was. This is based on that movie, The Box, with uh, Cameron Diaz, if anyone's seen. 
And it's a guy, oh shit, I'm almost out. Alright, alright, well I guess making fun of Iglesias will be the end of this. Uh, but the last joke was, the guy from that movie, The Box, goes to Iglesias. Press this button and you will get a million dollars. But someone, somewhere that you don't know will die. And then he just presses the button. And he goes, wow, that was really fast. I thought that was good. Alright guys, I gotta go. Time, the clock is up, so... Listen to what I if, you, if I hope if you listen to this you feel a little better about a bad day uh, and ready to do whatever needs to be done as the conditions change and as uh, as we realize what's happening around us and, and resolve to do what's necessary to uh, liberate the human race from its shackles of oppression. Let's do it. Let's get that bread, guys. Let's get that bread. Bye bye.